clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. catch everybody and you were like one-handed catch it's like oh that's pretty damn one-handed catch edition one-handed catch edition yes uh do we uh, boys are back though the boys are back in town or the or do we want to do the high school musical three one i don't know that one the boys are back yeah i did i have seen that one time but i like high school musical three i think it's a nice film i think i was mostly upset that it was like this one's going to theaters I well yeah, and they released all the songs before the movie came out too, so everybody in the theater already knew all the music. I I not that I now said that, that I feel like kind of fun. <laughs> it was fun. Regardless, we're back, guys. I don't know if we actually have ever had back to back bye weeks before. I feel like there's always some in between. I don't know, but it was a good episode. Hope you guys all listened to it. I did listen to the full episode. Just saying. Um, but as always, that I say off the top of every show, your thing is everything's interesting. Me is. What a crazy week in the NFL, as I say every week, <laughs> and it was. So let's get right into it. You got a French fortune correct, my dude. I did. I'm pretty proud of this one. So uh, for those of you who didn't listen, Josh predicted that somebody would be fired this week, and I do have it on news and notes. We could talk about it right now if you prefer to talk about it right now. No, but... I mean, we can talk about it later, but I appreciate you tossing that accolade. Makes yes. me feel good. So I will say, not the coach that I thought would it be, but... <laughs> I was starting to get on. Well, maybe you didn't listen to my episode then. Well, did you? I know I, you said possibly Reich. I thought, but I thought you also said Kingsbury. Uh, I listed the, oh, so you gave the a three possibles yeah. that I thought, but it's Reich not the was, one out of the ones that you said that I thought for sure. But I thought it was going to be Cl- Cliff Kingsbury. But I was waiting for <laughs> that news to drop today. But unfortunately for us, it didn't. Maybe it will during the show. But regardless, let's get into rent, rave recall. I'm going to go first. I'm raring to go. I've got some recalls to hand out. Ooh, um, I also have a recall. I've got a couple of them, and I'm just going to go through shortly of all of them. I've got a recall the Arizona Cardinals because I had them in the playoffs. <laughs> Clearly not going to be in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I can't remember for sure if I had Minnesota in or not. Obviously, that would be the team that would go in if I didn't. Um Regardless, I have to recall the cards, give up on them. To recall my Colts, man. Colts are not going to do it, and they're certainly not going to do it after the news that came out this week. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, yep, Sam Ellinger and Jeff Saturday not going to be enough to get it done for me. So 
congrats, Tennessee, on winning the division. Uh, well done. Uh, Got to recall the the Vegas Raiders. I have to give up on it. Uh, I, and I, I and I was I was on I, keep, I was on your side last week with this I one. Keep hanging on and hanging on and hanging on. Then they get blown out by the Saints. Then they're up seventeen nothing last week. And I was like, look, see, this is the team that I thought was going to show up, and it's just not. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they've been up seventeen multiple times. I don't, and you know, you would think it's coaching, and it's got to go partly coaching. I just don't understand. It's just something about them that a team this talented shouldn't be losing games like this. This is what I want to say. I have this could be a, a tidbit technically, but did you did you see the stat that I'm going to give this probably incorrectly from like 1960 or whenever the then Oakland Raiders to this year. They'd given up 17-point leads five times in their history, three times this year. I have not seen that, but that's disgusting. Isn't that kind of crazy? It makes sense that why we can't, you know, make heads or tails of this team. Because, again, a team that has this many weapons shouldn't be this way. I don't know if it's maybe they just need uh, another guy at the helmet quarterback because it's like Carr plays well sometimes, but he actually hasn't been that great this year. He's had moments. It's a little weird. Carr has been an enigma. No, I will say somebody did. I did see this. He's not on a guaranteed contract. His money is only guaranteed if he's on the roster. So even though he signed a three-year extension this offseason, they could easily trade or cut bait with Derek Carr in this offseason and move on. And I won't be shy. There are five quarterbacks that I think are going to go in the first round this year. I'm not going to be stunned if McDaniels is like, I also saw somebody say maybe Jimmy G will be available and maybe McDaniels just is holding out, get his guy back because that was one of his guys. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly a really fascinating situation because like you said, they're not, they're, they're tied to Carr right now, it appears on the surface, but they're not really. But... The reason I find it so fascinating is because of the reason that you've been on their hype train so much because they have so much talent, right? So I could very easily see themselves playing themselves out of like a top 10 pick or something along those lines. Like you said, there are there is a ton of talent quarterback-wise in this year's draft, which we were talking about last year with not having the quarterback talent. So I could see those guys being in the teens and 20s because there's a plethora of them. But it really is a fascinating thing to watch and look for this year for a lot of teams, not just the the Raiders, but they're one because you're like, what is the missing piece? What is not clicking? But we can't pretend that Derek Carr is the only piece. Like their big offseason signing sure. of Chandler no, Jones, you're right. like he's been non-existent. Like I did not see that coming at all. Like we were all like, yeah, Crosby and Jones is gonna be like terrifying, and Crosby has been terrifying, but Jones has just been like a ghost. And and it's it's tough because you're looking at their schedule, and you would think obviously they would win against the Colts and a head coach that's never coached before, <laughs> right? You'd think that would happen this week, but who knows? Um, and then they have the Broncos who have been eh, right? So you would think that they'd be able to pick up two wins there. And then they have, but then they have to go to Seattle, which would have looked like a win easy early on, but now definitely not. Then they still have the Chargers and then um, the 49ers and Chiefs still on their schedule. Now they have teams like, like, what are they? Are they two and six now? Three and six now? I don't actually know the record off the top I, of my head. I would think two and six. Um, but regardless, like you're looking at this uh, Colts, Broncos. Uh, let's say Rams, Steelers, and maybe the Patriots. That's five or six teams that I think that they could slash should beat with the type of talent that they have right now, um, which could put them at eight or nine wins, which could possibly be a seven seed. But I still just like they're so far behind the eight ball at this point. 
They are two and six. They are two and six. Yeah. So if we're if we're let's let's say we give them wins against the Colts, uh, the Colts, the Broncos, the Rams, the Patriots, and the Steelers. That's five. So that's just that's still seven wins. They still have to play the Chiefs, the Niners. Uh, the Chargers, and that's three other. I don't think they win any of those games. I can't. I can't give them. I'm not confidently saying that they win those five games. No, but that's you what know? I'm saying. I, mean, like I know even, what you're saying. Even if we gave them those I just games, can't. it's not enough. Like, I just there, there have been. I I was more down on the Raiders this year than you were, but like there have been games. I'm like, yeah, like they're going to take care of the Saints. And then they get yeah zero I don't points. know and they were blow I just I don't understand it but anyway that's a I'm recall sorry, for me that pulling them out and then my last one is I'm just leaving the Bucks alone I don't want to talk about them <laughs> I just like I keep you know hey, and they're I, the they're I, the division leaders oh screw that uh, on my on the my episode two weeks ago I did recall division winner and I the Panthers and I said the Falcons and I'm not running off of that I still think that they find a way to actually pull it out because I think that overall so you're saying the Falcons are going to be the division yes I I, that was I did that two weeks ago on my episode I said I'm sorry about the Panthers and then I was like everybody knows what I'm doing here and then I was like I'm going Falcons and I tried to be funny with it hey we might uh, but Thursday's gonna be intense Thursday night yeah Um, but it's just insane this division's so weird and they're gonna have to play probably like the Cowboys (laughs) And host the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs, which will be fascinating to watch. But those are my recalls. That's a that's a doozy, man. That's a lot. Yeah, so here we go. It is time. I also have a recall, and and it it is a tough one, but it's okay. I've got a time to recall the Green Bay Packers. Last week I said it was time if they lost to Detroit, and they did. So it is it is time to do that. And honestly, I mean, there it, it's been it's been a rough year. But I feel my my favorite thing about this, and obviously it's not fun, right? Like no one's like it's fun. But it, my favorite thing about this is that people, and like not for people in my circle, like but like people on the internet, like they just think it's like the most fun in the world. But I take that that is such a compliment in a way to be like, oh, like look, like they suck, like that's so. It's just a compliment to like. It's, I, and like, even like at work, like our buddies, like, oh, like, I'm sorry. It's been bad. Like, it's okay. Like it's been, I've had 15 great years of, of football. Like it, it's okay that after years of 13 wins and getting to the playoffs and being the number one seed and having the bye week, like it's okay and good for the sport of football to like have this team not be good. And that's okay. I mean, like there are, there are a ton of reasons that you can point to and the things I said in the beginning of the offseason when I was like, I think this team can do this. Those things did not come to fruition. Uh, the the defense was not there in the beginning of the year during throughout the instability. The I was trying to think of an alliteration of three eyes, but I can only think of two. It's injuries and in, uh, inexperience. I think inexperience was at the beginning of the Inconsistency. year. Inconsistency. That's good. Uh, yeah, like we, we did it together. Uh, but it's just been it's been the perfect storm. So it's gonna be really fascinating to see what happens throughout the the coming off season. Right. Well, because then you have a guy like Jordan Love, who you drafted now three years ago, yeah, and has re- really only seen the field once, maybe twice, and not enough tape. I don't think to you know have an opinion about that quite yet. But I just it's fascinating to see because you just signed Rogers to this extension, and the weird thing is is that. Which, similar to Carr, really doesn't yes, mean anything. Sure, yes. But I just, 
it's so weird to me because I still watch Rodgers and still sometimes think, I don't think he's like an empty tank quarterback here. Well, he's not the type of quarterback he was, but he still makes throws that you go, oh, wow, that's Aaron Rodgers, right? It's similar to, it's way more similar to Tom Brady than I think people think. And the difference is that Tom's always been stacked with a loaded deck over the course of the time that he has gotten lesser and lesser, right? So I find it, it it's it's interesting to watch because so like Rogers' worst game of his career probably was Sunday in Detroit. Like I don't remember the last time I couldn't tell you the last time Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions. Um, so two of them at the one yard line, which is tough. Uh, but even the third interception when Rogers dropped back and uncorked that, I was like, that's his best throw of the day. And the defensive back, I mean, just made a, fan, a phenomenal play. Like, I'm not like, oh, that was a awful duck wobbler. Very rarely do you have a quarterback game like that where there's multiple interceptions and they're all just like he made bad decisions, right? Because um, even on the two tip passes, I don't think they were like bad decisions. They're, they're like, yeah, Aiden I mean, Hutchinson makes a great play on the one. <laughs> yeah, the second interception, Aiden Hutchinson showed why he, well, I mean, we both had him as the number one pick. But so like there's a lot people were pointing to and like I'll just go to our our coworker who doesn't listen to the show unfortunately but he's talking about like and there have been a lot of where Rodgers has put it low and away low and away from a defender where I actually think like you could you can watch that on the surface and be like that was like that wasn't where that needed to be like that was but I actually think there's a level of IQ that's above that that's saying like that's where it needed to be to not have the defender like get in there but that's not where these receivers that's a play that Devonte adams can reach down and get that right that's yeah not no, that's a good point that that's sammy watkins point. can go down and get that so like those things i i throw those out of the window a little bit like oh yeah like that's actually good quarterback play but not good football play right now because that's not where these other guys are and I also want to say I mean I truly think and we've talked about this and it's a reason why some people like him and sometimes I do like him with this is that Aaron Rodgers has a massive ego and I don't know that I've ever seen him take fault on his own shoulders right and that's just kind of who he is and it's worked and he's won a Super Bowl and he's been one of the greatest quarterbacks but like there's a difference, I think, that some of these young... I think it's getting to some of the young players that he's not, like, being... I mean, he's openly calling people out every week in press conferences. Like, some guys need their reps pulled and, <laughs> like, all this stuff. And, like, you know, sometimes, obviously, it's worked for the majority of his career. But I feel like you need to, especially in life in general, but especially in the sport like this, I think you need to adapt. You need to, like not be that Fair. player sometimes yeah, yeah. especially like late in your career when you're this is this this is the hand that you were dealt Aaron right it's not going to it's it's different so you need to be you need to play the game different when you get dealt to different hands you know what i mean yeah i mean it's just the that age of quarterback right like they they leader differently Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers and like and it's 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 the the polish is wearing off which i think is good like we we eventually want those players to be gone so we can have the Mahomes and the Allens and whatnot but like those guys they they definitely leader in a different way than being like it's like on me and like we can adapt and like i i don't i don't want this to be a discussion about age but i just think it is interesting to see like as like feelings and emotion and leadership styles and like how people are coached and things and feelings are talked about like 
And I think that's good and healthy, but like it, it's just, it is interesting in my opinion to think about that. And he's just got a lot of young, unproven talent. And I think I, this is actually a good segue into news and notes because one of the things that we want to talk about is injuries, which is basically just the entire Packers starting <laughs> wide receiver core. And then unfortunately, Rashawn Gary as well. Um, Gary out for the season, I believe. Gary is out yes. for the season, yes. And then uh, Romeo Dubs, I believe, is four to six weeks. It's a few weeks um, of the high ankle sprain, yes. So, I mean, just brutal. If you if, if, if there are any Green Bay fans holding out hope that at three and six, this could be... That it gets better. That it gets it, better from here. I don't know that it's going to. I also, I mean, those aren't the only... Uh, Eric Stokes, that hasn't been uh, officially determined, but they were saying that not in terms of, uh, like... I don't want to say severity. That's not the right word. Because, but like they're saying that could also be a season-ending injury. They haven't figured that out quite yet. Uh, but that is some sort of ankle injury. There hasn't been a lot of news on that. So that one, uh, I mean, if you're talking injuries just for the sake of talking, then I guess the the good silver lining news, if you want to talk about that, is that Christian Watson is okay. Uh, he was taken out as a precautionary head injury. And that was really, I think it was like the first drive. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, insane. You know, it's, it, it piled up. It so, piled up. well, we won't pile on Green Bay. Obviously, it is it is what it is. And like you said, you got to enjoy a lot of years from it. And it's different. It'd be, it would, it's, it's a unique situation because if it were me, I would be freaking out and depressed because I have never <laughs> seen my team win a Super Bowl. I've never, you know what I mean? Um, so, it's, so it's just different. But Right, I mean, it, and it is. But that's something sure. that I think people... We need to fans of sports are are a very special group of individuals that a lot hinges on that, those things and and moods can can vary on that. But the the teams that have had great six like I I have been able to watch my team win a Super Bowl and a lot of people can't say that. And unfortunately, I think Tom Brady kind of ruined that that he was the one winning it for so many years where we would like to see more variance in that, but unfortunately we haven't. But Yeah, it's so funny. They talk about how hard it is to win a Super Bowl, which it is. But it's not been impossible to win a Super Bowl the last twenty years because Tom <laughs> Brady's screwing everybody up. But regardless, I don't want to talk about that. Let's let's move on. We just talked about injuries, talked about your team and my team. Let's talk about the Josh Allen thing. I think we need to talk about it. Um, the first thing I wanted to point out is that I don't know if you saw this, but apparently the last pass that Allen make is this is the longest pass in six years, according to next gen stats. So he gets his elbow injured, short arms the throw on third down, and just uncorks this insane throw uh, on fourth down. And so there's some people that said that. Um, I've heard doctors point out that like if it were truly a certain thing, you wouldn't think that you'd be able to do that kind of thing. I've also seen somebody say there's optimism that he could play through this type of injury and that it won't need surgery. Uh, the last thing that I saw was I saw a report that said it's it's one of two things. It's either they got really bad news Monday morning and they were like, let's wait till Tuesday, get a second opinion. Or they got really good news Monday morning and they were like, let's get a second opinion to make that sure makes, we're okay. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Which is daunting. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, we need to have the conversation because it is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Unfortunately, we don't have news we can I was really our, hoping that by the time we recorded, that we would, know, would, be, yeah. we'd be able to talk about it. Um, but it's, I mean, what is your, so, uh, I don't want to say what's your opinion on this because it's obviously sure. intimidating because sure. it's, a lot hinges on this. But I want to know. I, I, the, the, the latest update I have, I just want to double check my guy, it says Sean McDermott is scheduled to speak tomorrow at 12 p.m. 
He mentioned he'll have more for us on the Josh Allen Get situation. A crazy lunch yeah, break. Yeah, I don't know. I hate it. But I. <laughs> so it's interesting because the NF, the AFC East is so good this year. And it, it, it I've got to say, it's a little bit annoying. As much as I actually like rooting for the Dolphins with you, and I enjoy the Jets. Like, I love Salah and a lot of what's going on. I hope the Pats lose every game. They're the only team in the league. <laughs> They're the only team in our division that I truly hate. I feel like we need to. Sorry, I want no, you you're to fine. continue. We really need to. We haven't yet. We need to tip our caps to the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, I talked, about, I talked about the Jets on my episode, but you're right. I mean, but the AFC East. Just more so. I mean, like, during the, the entire offseason, not only us, but, like, just the – we are all like, oh, man, the AFC West is going to be, like, the craziest division we've ever seen in so long. And, I mean, the the East is doing some stuff. Yeah, and so th- this leads me to saying that, like, if Allen's out for certainly the season, I don't think we win the division at all. We might sneak into the playoffs as a wild card with Case Keenum. All jokes aside, <laughs> all, all, all opinions on Case Keenum aside, maybe, right? I think it's still a very good roster. Um, I also think that you guys will finally shut up about we can't run the ball because I think we'll be forced to run the ball and be like, oh, they can when they want to. They just don't normally want to. Um, also, I think we're the only team in the NFL to have 100 yards rushing every week so far, but that's a whole other thing. Well, I will say a lot. It's Allen. Yeah, I know, but that's part of it. It's, <laughs> hey, it's rushing yards. Uh, but if Allen's out for more than, I'm going to say, three weeks, if he's more, if he's out for more than that, I'm pretty confident we don't win the division because we already have losses to the two people nipping at our ankles, and we still have to play both of them again, right? And so if we're if we have three games without Allen, I don't think we beat uh, the Minnesota Vikings without Josh Allen. The following week, I believe we play the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I, I don't know if that'll be Week 13, though. I don't think that that's Deshaun Watson. No, back. it'll still but, be Jacoby. But the Browns are still a tough roster, right? Uh, and then the following week after that, I think is the Monday Night Contest against Cincinnati. I could be wrong about that, but. That's harrowing, and these are big games. Like th- this next week will be one of the, if not the biggest game of the year for us against a true contending team that I think got massively better, obviously better with TJ Hawkinson who just caught nine passes last week, okay, right? Yeah. So I, I'm genuinely concerned at this point. Now, if Allen's okay, then I'm not concerned that we lost to the Jets. They're a great defense, and we I made some mistakes. And Allen took it on his shoulders and was like, "I did not play well," right? Um, and I loved that about him. He did not pass the blame on to other people. But I, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous right now. <laughs> I think the thing for me, and we'll learn a lot more tomorrow, is I never really considered it a season-ending injury. I, I understand the logistics to it, and, and like the whole like baseball injury and the Tommy John surgery, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I can't see a good scenario where Josh Allen's like, I'm playing this week. I, I don't like it. I don't like it for a lot of reasons. I think Josh Allen and the Bills organization needs to sit down for a little bit because I'm with you. If you lose a couple games and Case Keenum is a good backup quarterback, so I think in a three-game stretch... I, in a three-game stretch, you could hit Miracle and win all of them. I think the lowest point, you win one of them. But you can't risk further injury to knock them out. Because, I mean, if the Bills get to the— All you need to do is to get to the playoffs. 
I don't care if you didn't get the number one seed and you don't have play home field advantage with your quarterback, you can win. And I, I, I think I care about it. A, I think I care about it a little bit, but not. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like, not, not going to say I understand that you season. do because everything I mean, like the whole thing has been like, oh, we can't go into Kansas City and beat Kansas City. I get that. So, yeah, like, of course you want to be at home. But it, that I mean, it, it, it honestly doesn't matter. I mean, oh, I was mistaken. Also, though, I will say it's Vikings this week, which is tough. Then it's the Browns at home, and then we play the Lions on Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so there's some time between some of the other games. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, And so if, if something happens where he he's out for a prolonged amount of time or the injury gets worse and then like he can't play as long in his career as he could, that is much more important than a month. I, I'm 1,000% with you, for sure. I think that... Something that gives me a little bit of hope is that I think that if it were something that um, were very bad, I feel like they would have just said yesterday, Josh Allen's ruled out for Sunday, uh, we're evaluating further, right? I, I feel like the only reason to leave it open-ended is to leave it open-ended is because you don't have any inkling, right? To me, right? Like yeah, that sounds... I mean, maybe. I, I never thought the like reverse psychology of being like oh like they got bad news so like they have to like figure it out more but i mean i i will say i don't think i totally agree with you on that point like let the vikings prepare for josh allen as long as uh, they no can. that's a good point that's a good point i don't know how much that plays into I mean, it but, but that's a good point that makes sense they, they, they do, do it all that, the time you know? yeah with the quarterback battles out of camp and stuff but yeah i think overall I am very concerned, like I said, but it's mostly because the Dolphins and the Jets are real football teams. They're very good. And even the Pats, who I still don't think are that great and are playing the wrong quarterback, um, they're one game out, right? I I definitely don't want to be, oh, like the, the downer guy. I'm much more concerned if Josh Allen plays on Sunday. Just because of re-aggravation of because injury? You, so the the point of the NFL, except for in 2010 with the Saints, the point of the NFL is not to hurt somebody, right? But you know every defender is going to take an extra swipe right on that part of his elbow just to try. Well, to, but I guess the question is, is that, and so you're saying that no matter what any doctor says, regardless there's no, like you're you're not yeah gonna, you're i mean gonna be like concerned? if a doctor says like josh you can play through this it's yeah. okay like i'm like you gotta let it heal okay all right i mean i understand the idea but like i feel as though if a doctor is saying this is something that's gonna heal on its own and if you can play through it it's gonna heal you're not gonna but re-aggravate it, it outside of own. something else but yeah right but i think i mean those are so this is a really stupid analogy and i apologize for it but like this is this is Madden, right? Where like you get like chance of re-injury moderate. I think this is it. Like sure, and we're not, and we're not at the we're not at the point of the season where we're like, no, we got to play through this, right? Like yeah. there's still. I think you're probably right. That's um, the thing is, I just I feel Buffalo will weather this storm enough. And like I said, I theory, under, all- I understand wanting to be the number one seed and be at home, but with your team, with that defense, with that quarterback, it doesn't matter. You have an absolute and chance. In theory, this is why you trade the fifth or the sixth round pick to get Case Keenum because you want a guy that you trust to come in there and play. So we'll see what happens. I don't want to spend too much more time on this. I want to talk about this Colts utter disaster. I think <laughs> I think this is one of the worst things that we've seen happen midseason because first of all. 
I don't think it was. I actually am not on team fire Frank Reich. Um, oh, I don't have the stat on my page, but he basically went like forty and thirty and had a new starting quarterback for five straight seasons. And like, I, I'm not saying that that's not like partially part of the part of the coach, but the coach had a winning record when the front office was giving him a different guy every year, right? I think that that's more admirable than non admirable personally. Um, but the other thing about it is it's fine. You wanted to fire Frank Reich. You want to get a new regime in here, a new quarterback coach combo next year, whatever. That's fine. Make the decision. But to pull a guy off of the ESPN lineup, <laughs> who's by the way, a terrible analyst. I'm sorry. I do not want to be, an, I don't want to be an a-hole here, but literally Jeff Saturday's only take every freaking Monday morning is they need to run the ball. Why aren't they running the ball? Why are you going for it on fourth down? That's it. That's the only take he ever has. So, I'm sure, Jim Irsay, if you don't want a guy that's going to pay attention to analytics and not know what he's doing, then you pick the right guy. But I think this is going to be an unmitigated disaster. And this has nothing to do with how I feel about Jeff Saturday because I've like seen Jeff Saturday on podcasts and interviews seem like a really nice, genuine dude, right? And there are other – like there, he has coworkers who have come out and said, love Jeff Saturday, great guy. I'm not talking about great guy Jeff Saturday. I'm talking about Jeff Saturday who's literally never coached in his life just showing up being like, why don't you coach my team, huh? That blows my mind. I think this is going to be terrible. Uh, that was very enjoyable. It's mostly enjoyable to watch your screen and see and see all the variants. Well, so the... I will say I have changed it, so it's not as bad anymore, right? It used to be like it would fill the whole thing, but whatever. Go ahead. What do you got? Um, yeah, I I am in the Fire Frank Reich camp. Uh, kind of talked about it last last week. And I, I hear what you're saying. I, I understand the points of like, oh, a new guy came every year. And that's not Frank Wright's fault. But it's also not, I mean, I, you know I hated the Carson Wentz thing. So, I mean, that's on the GM. But, like, I would have loved Phillip Rivers to have played a second year there personally. Uh, but I understand he was like, I'm old and whatever. I still think he could have slung Well, and he was well. 39. But I was – so I found the thing that I was saying. That it was, this is Zach Kiefer. He's a beat reporter. Says, everyone's hands are dirty in this failure. Frank Reich, Ballard, and Nurse. But and this is the point that I'm making. No coach ever should have to start his career with five different week one starting quarterbacks and five successive seasons. That's just an organizational failure. And that's what I'm making the point is, is that – I don't like. I just feel like he's a scapegoat, and it's not fair. But but you can't. He'll find a spot so somewhere. I, I will say yes. I 100% agree with that. It's been a it's been a whirlwind of a f up in Indianapolis when it comes to the quarterback. But the quarterback is one of 50 players on a team. And that's a team that has so much talent that is underperforming right now. They've topped 24 points one time. This year. With Matt Ryan throwing over 400 yards. And, and that was the game. We were like, oh, like, they can do it. Like, if they can be this. And they and they weren't. They, like, the the thing about it, like, that the only thing that makes me excited to combat your rant is when they're like, run the football. Run. Okay, then you have the team to just run the football, run the football, run the football. Just do it then. I, I don't know. We'll see so what happens. The thing about, I just the think thing it's... about 
Jeff Saturday, and I agree. That's a it's a stupid hire, especially when they have two former head coaches on the staff. But the thing is, and I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a team Ursay. Ursay can come out and say all that junk that he wants about like not knowing how to coach and like so he's not afraid to do these things and he's just gonna be himself. And that's all fine. That's all garbage in my opinion. This is we're gonna get a fan favorite guy because our season is sucked. We've underperformed. We've already blown it. So let's do this thing as like a kind of good grace because they're not I I don't believe the team's too talented to lose out they're going to win some games as they already have but they're not going to get where they wanted to be so they're like let's do this thing where we're going to get a guy that's not seriously going to be our head coach later on but it's like we'll give this olive branch to the fans of being outside Peyton Manning I feel like Jeff Saturday in the last since 2000 has been the the face of the franchise. Sure, and last week he was honored at the game and everything. So I I get what you're saying. It's just it rubs me so. And this is also and again I don't want to have the this type of conversation right now. I want us to be able to like have that in more in depth. But like this is another reason that minority coaches get so upset is that a guy that's literally never coached before can just be picked off the sidewalk and placed there when there are so many qualified minority coaches that they could have plucked from anywhere, right? This isn't a scenario of like, he's in the organization. He's not. He's been sitting at a desk, right? I mean, he, you can pull a he's guy. worked for the he's I understand what you're saying, but I'm just saying that like, this is what rubs people the wrong way is that people who are literally not qualified He's not, right? And that's fine. Maybe he could develop into that one day. I'm not qualified for my job, but I'm trying to develop into it, right? But like, <laughs> he, I don't know. It just, it makes me so annoying. And I don't really want to sit here and make this a Colts podcast, right? Um, I want to talk about the other games, but I just feel like it's stupid and they're going to win next week. <laughs> we'll talk about it. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. Moving on, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it because it's going to happen. It's going to be a, a topic. So let's just do our week nine wrap up. A couple of th- uh, three games that I wanted to highlight and then any other ones we want to talk about. The first one, obviously, Dolphins at Bears. Tua Tungavailoa, 21 of 30, 302, three touchdowns, no picks. The Dolphins are now 6-0 and when Tua Tungavailoa starts and finishes a game, right? Uh, but the other story of the game, obviously, Justin Fields, 15 carries, 178 yards, and uh, I almost said six touchdowns. 61-yard <laughs> touchdown pass. One of the most electric touchdown runs I've ever seen in my career watching football. Um, I've been on, all year I've been saying, I see flash, and I'm like, that's why I believe in Justin Fields. That's why I think Justin Fields can be one of the best quarterbacks. And I think we've been seeing it for three or four weeks now, but I think last week was the culmination of it with – you get this guy on the move. Get this like he and it wasn't just his legs. I know 178 yards and that 61 yarder is wildly impressive. It's great, but he was making some really great throws too, right? Um, I just it was wildly impressive. And the other thing that's going to go unnoticed, unfortunately, because of the fields thing, is that Tua was also awesome. Yeah, it was it was a really fun game to watch in terms of back and forth and neither team giving giving up and just having the proverbial 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 like boxing match right like someone swings they get hit but the other guy takes another swing and they just keep on hitting like that was very much that type of game which is uh, my favorite kind of game to watch I mean you're you're right uh Fields was my favorite quarterback coming out of that draft class as we know if we go back and and listen to those um I'm happy that the Bears did invest a little bit in getting in getting the play Claypool uh, form and whatnot. I don't know if that's necessarily the piece that they need 
they need to continue addressing that side of the football. But the the kid definitely has talent. I mean, we've we've talked him up. Now, will he run for 180 yards every week? Not so much. I think it'll be more along the lines of what he's done, of like that solid 60 to 80, in my opinion, is is the, the fields. But it's Which great. is also like amazing, Oh, absolutely. By the way. Take like, that. Take that any time. But to know that like he has this ceiling is is phenomenal. And the bear the the bears are set up really well because again we talked about they had the the Claypool investment for a second round pick. This defense is amazing and they even though they got rid of Roquan Smith, they have a lot of young talent that's come in especially their draft picks. I talked about them I think in week 2 or 3 um with all their their rookies making plays all over the place. But they have a hundred million plus cap next year and a ton of draft picks, so they can invest in offensive line and some outside weaponry for Fields, and then maybe another pass rusher or two. Right? They have so much to work with next year, and this team is already a pretty good team, especially when Fields plays like that. So, the, if you're if you're placing future bets, the Bears are a team to look out for for sure. Because even though the Vikings are this good right now, Kirk Cousins is is getting up there in age as well, yeah. right? And then you've got the Lions who don't have a quarterback and you have the Packers who don't know what's <laughs> going to happen at quarterback, right? So if you're a Bears fan, I feel like you got to feel great about the position you're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think this last month, four-game series, I guess you can say, instead of just necessarily a month, has definitely flipped a script on the narrative that a lot of people were out on field saying like, oh, we got we to gotta retry. This was a hit and a miss. It kind of thing. I, I hope that those talks have been put to bed. I would think that they would be, but regardless, yeah. I, I just wanted to highlight it because it was a really fun game. I mean, obviously, I was stressing about my game, but I was able to, to catch. But speaking of stressing about my game, <laughs> Buffalo Bills up 14-3 to with 6.30 left in the first half. After that point, they scored three points on five drives that netted 81 total yards. I mean, the in that part of that is offensive failure and ineptitude, right? But the Jets' defense was just insane, right? I mean, the first, we scored twice, and we were up 14-3, and I was like, okay, we're, we're good. Like, we got this. We were... Like, we got the lead. We got the cushion. There's no way the Jets' offense is going to be able to, you know, score with us now that we have a 14 point cushion. Turns out they only needed to score 20 points, right? Um, it was just a weird game, uh, and I know that like it doesn't come down to one play, but like it hits Gabe Davis in the face mask. It kind of looks like pass interference. I don't know, but uh, I, I said after the game that like I was bummed, and I I am bummed, right, that we lost the Jets, but like. The Jets are a real football team too, right? They're a, a very good team. Their defense is amazing. And while Zach Wilson hasn't been lighting the world on fire, he did this week what he needed to do to win, where he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't make stupid mistakes. They ran the football on us very well. I thought Matt Milano's absence was very evident right there in the middle of that defense. But they they played smash mouth in the second half. We couldn't get anything done. That is that is what I need to... I need to toss some accolades last week uh on my on my my solo catch i talked about those mistakes of of zach wilson and is is he holding the jets back and you're right zach wilson didn't come out and he didn't look like josh allen he wasn't giving that performance but he did exactly what you needed to do in terms of not making that mistake of putting when you need the play make the play the third and six down near the end of the game to, to Garrett Wilson after they'd been it was like eight straight runs and they were getting it but then it came to the third and six 
uh, down when they were like at the I don't know. Well, then he had another play where he hit Denzel Mims on a like a slant slash post route on a third down as well. Oh, is that Mims? Oh, are you, is that the player you're talking, talking about, about that put him right on bo- the goal line? Yes, yes, that was it. Was Denzel Mims? It doesn't matter who it was, but you're right. He that was it was a great throw. He made the read. He made the open guy, and you know while. You know, we still got the ball back, but we got the ball back without any timeouts. We were forced to do certain yes. things that we wouldn't have been forced to do. Have you make that stop? So he made the, the play when he needed to. The play, and this is a weird one, the play I was most proud of, and it made me feel kind of bad because I was talking about them in a glowing way when, like, it was causing you to, your team in a worse position. My favorite play was the third, third and goal when he took the sack. Yeah, when he did, it was it, it looked kind of like a read option. It was looking like a little like bit of a rollout chance, but he but was like he just went right yes, down. Yes, he went yeah, right it was very down. Smart. It was it's, the best thing mm-hmm, to do mm-hmm. instead of throwing it away or trying to force it to have trying to force it would have been the worst thing. Throwing it away would have been better than that, but taking the sack in a very safe way to keep the clock rolling was the some of the best maturation of Zach Wilson that I could have seen in that moment in that given play. I think that was the best. I mean, obviously, the best thing is. There's a guy open. You hit the touchdown, right? But for those circumstances, I was so proud of him because that's where I could have seen just something dumb, and or like trying to make a play and losing the football just to go down into that. It was I was that was great. I agree. I agree. And you know, we have been more and more glowing of the Jets the last couple of weeks, deservedly, right? But I just I'm I'm surprised, man. I they they have won games this year that. Really surprised me. And while I didn't think this was going to be a crazy blowout because we're missing one of our starting tackles with Tredavious White still not back. Milano's out. Poyer's out. Like, I didn't think this was going to be a blowout, right? But I did not expect it to be like this at all. And I'm just... And I've seen some Jets games, right? But I... That Jets defense is really, really good. And and it's funny that Sauce got burned on the first drive. And I was like... yeah, Sauce Gardner, <laughs> let's go, Stephon Diggs. I don't know that he got burned the rest of the game. Yeah. Now, he wasn't on uh, Diggs the whole game because Diggs had a good game. He went back and forth between Diggs and Davis. Um, but that the duo of the two of them is really good too. And I, the if I, again, if you're a Jets fan, you couldn't be happier too. Now, you hope that Zach Wilson comes along because you're not going to be able to win this game every time, right? right. You're not going to be able to win only scoring 20 points every yep. week, and you're certainly not going to hold a fully loaded Bills offense to 17 points every time you play them, right? Yep. Um, but to be able to win that game against this team when nobody thought you were, that shows so much to to me for sure, but definitely to people around the NFL that like, this team can win almost any game. Now, we haven't seen them win the crazy shootout yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they dropped, what, 40 on Miami when they played Miami, yeah. right? But some of that was defensive that touchdowns. That was, I mean, scores, like, there right? was, it was a so runaway. We haven't seen this offense go toe-to-toe yet, and maybe that's we're building to that. But, like, this is how good teams become great teams. They win these types of games as they continue to grow and mature, and then they start to learn how to win the other games. I definitely feel they're a year ahead, in my opinion. Right, and that's totally possible. Um, but I just, it's so annoying, man. We have to go through the Pats the whole, my whole lifetime, <laughs> and then we finally get the quarterback, right, and the coach, and the team, and then all of a sudden the Dolphins and the Jets are freaking awesome. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jack. I'm very happy for you, man. And Allie, if you're listening. Uh, last but not least, I guess we're going to talk about Tom Brady, who did it again. 
A, a touchdown pass to rookie Cade Otten with Cade eight Otten. seconds. My I, guy. One of the funniest things. This is the one reason why. And I only follow like football people and like some theater people on Twitter for from our podcast account. I don't even have a, a personal account. I will never delete it for things like this. Somebody was like uh, to not uh, not or I forget how they worded, but it was like not stopping Tom Brady or giving Tom Brady 44 seconds left. It's a bold strategy. And then it said, see Otten. Oh, Let's see good. if it pays off for him. Oh, <laughs> I was like, God. oh, that's really good. But yeah, Kate Otten catches the game winner, eight seconds left. What are you guys doing, man? Like this, the, the Rams offense is horrible. Like what are they? Uh, what? I am pretty baffled by it. And like, here's the thing. You literally, like you can't, um, Let's put it this way. You can't let a team with no timeouts left that needs a full touchdown to score in 44 seconds. I don't care how long you've been on the field. Can't happen, right? I just want to say that. But also what can't happen is what happened for an offense that has playmakers, right? They have a guy like Cooper Cup, and they, and Matt Stafford's not a corpse, right? <laughs> I just – I honestly don't like – I don't understand how it's Cup or nothing. Yeah, I mean, you have Allen Robinson. I don't know why you don't you know Robinson, why to throw Van Jefferson. We've Van talked Jefferson about him. We were so back. excited about him, ben right? Str- like how, especially in this game, and we've definitely backed off of the Bucks defense, right? But like, I know they're legitimate. I know they're good. But Tyler Higby didn't have a target. Ben Skoranek didn't have a target. Like... I know, like, you're not like, oh, the best wide receiver, Ben Skoranek. But, I mean, like, this was a guy that was making plays. Sean McVay should have went to Prime Video. I'm sorry. (laughs) I like Sean McVay, but I don't, like, what are you doing? Whoa, bold take. He should have won the Super Bowl and just went to Prime Video. I don't know, man. I just, this was so annoying because I was like, yeah, I got that one right. Tom Brady can't do it. Oh, it was pretty fun. It was so stupid. It was pretty fun. Then our buddy Ian texted us, and I was like, oh, this sucks. And, and I get it. I mean, I was saying, given those circumstances, I don't care if he's 45 or if he's 32. Like, in those circumstances, there's not another quarterback I would take. But more than anything, I was just I was happy for, for 88. Yeah, K-Dot. And I do like K-Dot a lot. But, uh, yeah, and I look – yeah, just annoying. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, let's just move on to something that I also don't want to do because of my – Performance last couple weeks. It's time for <laughs> pals picks. Oh yeah, got some performance issues going on. Yeah, maybe not for me, but for you, but for you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pals picks sponsored. Don't even sponsored know what we're by Hims for Men. <laughs> don't know if anybody remembers that oh commercial. Oh my god, Snoop Dogg. Well, go ahead, I guess. Yeah, so. Uh, Adam went 0-3. Freaking Raiders kept me from going 3-0 again. So I went 2-1. Talking about the GD Raiders. Yeah, that would have been crazy too. I just muted myself for that. Yeah, that would have been crazy. For a second, I was like, yeah. Yeah, no. Well, because you went 3-0 the following week. You would have went 6-0 to 0-6 the last two weeks. Yeah, I've been been 3-0 the last two weeks. You you were a couple weeks ago as well when we were having that hot run. But yeah, so things are going pretty great. I'm sitting at 18 and 9. I think that's my best pals pick uh, ratio, maybe ever. 
if we ever be if we ever like by some miracle become like a, a crazy podcast the first thing i'm gonna do is hire an intern to listen to all of our episodes I, and stat i still us. have them oh okay well we can look at it at some point um <laughs> doesn't really matter yeah sure uh you're sitting at 13 and 14 so for the first time since week four you are under 500 Sucks. I hate it. I hate yeah, it here. so I, hate I got to here. give you the games yeah, first this yeah. week. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this slate. Looking at the the week ten games, I wasn't like, there's some fun things, but I don't know. It just, it feels like a weird week ten to me. There are there are a lot of storylines that are fun to watch, and I, I, I was I saying this on the episode two weeks ago. I don't know, but I feel as though I'm never. It's never difficult for me. To get excited about a game, really, in actuality, because there's always storylines. Like I, even, I said to you in your kitchen earlier today, I was like, I don't really want to watch the Steelers or the Saints, right? But like, I could talk myself into Kenny Pickett, you know, coming coming off a of bye week. Like, can they dial up some things for him to be a lot of fun, right? George Pickens to there. Like, I have Najee Harris in fantasy. I'd love to see him get going, right? Um, like, I could talk myself into storylines, but. You're right. There are some underwhelming games this week, but there are some really good ones, too. It's time for you to talk yourself into that game because that is the yeah. first on the slate. The New Orleans Saints <sighs> traveling to take on the Pittsburgh so, Steelers. This is, again, like I said, a game that I really, really don't love. Um, but so the Steelers on offense are 31st in points and 28th in yards. And on defense, doesn't mu- do much better. 23rd in points and 29th in yards. You'd have to be pretty stupid to pick the Saints in this one, I think. But luckily for me, I am pretty stupid. So <laughs> Hang on. Before you officially make that locked in, this is supposed to be the return of TJ Watt. Oh, is it? Supp- oh, so I'm Supp- a genius. Let's go, Steelers. Here we go. So now, you're taking the Steelers? Yeah, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was real confused. I thought you were taking the Saints. No, the, num- the number one reason I'm taking the... Okay. The Steelers. Steelers is Mike Tomlin and Mike Tomlin coming off a bye. I didn't know the TJ Watt stuff, but that makes me feel even more encouraged. The Saints are such a wacky team because they have a guy like Alvin Kamara, but they don't like they used him two weeks ago and it was awesome. <laughs> and then l- l- on Monday night they were like, let's not use him as much. I don't now, know. I, I, I will <laughs> say Andy Dalton has Every, it's actually funny that everyone gets on Kirk Cousins about the primetime. Andy Dalton is historically bad in primetime. He's played. That's true. He's, he's the played, OG bad primetime quarterback. He's played 26 games. He is 6-20. and 20. That's disgusting. And again, uh, I should reiterate, Andy Dalton really shouldn't be starting for anybody. I actually, uh, I'm really, we haven't talked about it, but I'm kind of really confused about that, to be honest. That, well, I, I, is Jameis still hurt? Is no. That, he's not? They, Dennis Allen has just made Andy Dalton the starter. I don't really understand that at I all. I don't understand I'd rather all. Taysom Hill run the offense than <laughs> Andy Dalton at this point. But if you're going to keep going with Andy Dalton, I'm going to keep picking against your team. Yeah, I think this will be. I think that we'll see a little bit of freshness out of the Steeler offense. I think they had some time with the bye week to really like let's really dial up these things for Kenny. Right? Let's figure out what he does best. Uh, he's a somewhat similar player to Mitch, but they're not the same player. Right? They have different strengths, and I just think that they'll be able to uh, be a little bit more creative. And then, uh, yeah, TJ Watts coming back, and that defense has got players, right? They've just been missing that one guy who can, you know, wreck a game plan. So I feel like this one will be a close game. I feel like this is going to be like one of those 17-14 games, right? Where it's a couple field goals, a couple scores each, and then somehow you pull the field goal at the end of the game type thing. Okay. 
So Steelers. There we go. Steelers at home. Uh, two teams that have officially been written off. So I'm really excited about this one. The Cardinals traveling to take on those L.A. Rams. Man, I hate this because I hate the Cardinals. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been rooting for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury since their iteration, and I'm just tired of it. It's exhausting. I don't want to do it anymore. But at the same point, I'm like, they should probably win this game, right? Because they have an offense, unlike the Rams, right? <laughs> the Rams are 29th in uh, points for offensively and 31st in yards, right? I don't understand that. Uh, but then their defense is really good. Their defense is eighth in uh, total yards. They're 17th in points, so middling in points. But that's because their offense is putting their defense in bad positions, right? Their defense is really slowing them down. So I really think it comes down to that for me. So I'm going to pick Sean McVay and the Rams because I just think that the Rams defense will be able to limit the Cardinals offense enough. Um, whereas I, I, like, I don't trust the Cardinals defense to be able to like really hone in on Cooper Cup. I feel like this could be a Cooper Cup 14 catch game, right? Because it's like, oh, you can't stop our guy. We're just going to keep going to him, I guess, because that's all we have. Okay. So, Gotcha, gotcha. I think about those statistics, and I don't, I don't know math to that extent. But for, for the Rams, you're like, it's not. And I think about like how Cup has had like, two 70-yard touchdowns that if you, like, take those away, like, does that make, like, get even, get even uglier? Yeah, it could be, the, you take those kind of plays where they're probably 32nd, right? Because they're 31st <laughs> in yards, so. Okay, last but not least, Bronco Country taking on the Tennessee Titans. So, I, you gave, you giving me this game is the reason why I gave you one of the three games I gave you, is you're making me pick a game with a quarterback question mark, so I'm going to make you pick a game with a quarterback question mark. I feel like yours definitely has more of a question mark. Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans pretty easily here for me. Uh, Their defense is 10th in points allowed, right? Uh, Now, their offense is actually 32nd in yards for <laughs> um but i will say i think a part of that is because of the last couple of weeks malik willis hasn't been able to throw the ball really at all and i know this broncos defense is really good um i'm optimistic about Tannehill coming back but really i just i would think so derrick henry's a freight train and nobody's been able to stop him regardless of how good that a defense is at all and uh, he's the reason they were even in the game on sunday night against the chiefs a game that they probably should have won right it was it was there for them. They were up 17-9 to in the fourth quarter. But I just I, I believe in Henry, and I don't think Willis will start, but uh, I, I think it will be Tannehill. But I, I believe in their offense to do enough to win, and I just – I think it would be a fun story for Russell to kind of turn this around here and then go on a little bit of win streak, right? Uh, but I just don't see it happening. I just don't believe it. I will say I'm going to bring back some of my, my Derrick Henry hate, kind of. I was really shocked at the Chiefs game because I feel like it was anti-Henry where everything happened in the beginning and then the Chiefs clamped down and usually the whole thing about Henry is he can wear them down and he breaks those things later. I was really kind of shocked by that. Well, I genuinely think that it was because they literally, there was a point in the fourth quarter where there were nine and a half people in the box. I don't know, people who don't understand what that terminology means, the box is the area close to the line of scrimmage. And when you cram people in that area called the box, it's typically done to stop people from running the football. There was a point where there are nine players there, and one of their safeties was like just on the outside of it because they were like, this is not happening. They were not just daring Malik Willis to beat them. They were like 
there wasn't even a dare, right? It's like you can dare somebody to do something, but you know it's not going to happen. That's different. Like that's like me tweeting um, uh, a millionaire, be like, "I dare you to give me a million dollars." It's literally never going to happen. That's how confident that they were that, to put that many people in the box, right? And so I don't think it was a matter of Derrick Henry not being able to do it. It was a matter of like Malik Willis, you're going to throw for a hundred yards, and he didn't. It was eighty. <laughs> All right, there we go. So you are a home warrior this week. Took the Steelers at home over the Saints, the Rams at home over the Cardinals, and the Titans at home over the Broncos. I'll be surprised if you do the same thing in terms of home home games. So let's start with the first one, the San Francisco 49ers coming off their bye week with after the Christian McCaffrey three-touchdown performance, uh, playing the Los Angeles Chargers, who just came off a big close win that was wacky as all get up against the <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. So, Chargers traveling to the Bay. Yeah, they don't have to go too, too far, but I am going with the home team here in the 49ers. So, I'm very, very happy that Miami traded their pick because I don't have to root against the 49ers as much now. Uh, and you know I'm a fan of the Chargers, so I, I, I will be rooting for them. But they, in my opinion, don't have the team to beat this 49ers team right now. They are awful in the first quarter. Their point differential in that quarter has been really, really bad. I feel like having the bye week for the 49ers, they're going to have that first quarter so perfectly scripted that it's just going to be too much for the Chargers to overcome in this one. That makes sense to me. I feel like I'd go with the 49ers too, especially with the whole bye week to incorporate McCaffrey even more. It's just really scary. Uh, My game, Buffalo Bills are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Quarterback question marks. Uh, you said that you believe that Allen probably won't play. So if that's the case, yeah, Keenum, that, that revenge game. Yeah, the Minneapolis miracle reverse. Keenum to Diggs. Uh, I you you said this earlier, which makes me feel even better about it. You're like, if Allen doesn't play, then I think the Vikings win. I think that is the same thing. Now, like I told you, I told you a few hours ago, I was like, I could see Allen playing. I just don't think it should happen. Whether or not. They're like, this is a injury that requires surgery, so it obviously puts him out, or they're like, it'll heal in a couple of weeks. You just need to sit him. With that being said, yeah. I think I don't I am not overly enthralled with the Vikings. I talked about that last week, but they have the offensive pieces to combat what the Bills are struggling with right now. And I, I am proud of their secondary. I think they've tightened up and have been better than everyone gave them credit for at the beginning of the year with like all the young pieces and then Mike Hyde going out and we still haven't seen White. And I do actually don't know what the White report is. I know he sat out last week and they're still taking him easy because he is so integral and important. I don't know. Do you that's know? what it is. No, that's exactly what it is because he, he do was know, cleared. you know, though, Will, is it, is it so looking like he might be back this he week? He was cleared two weeks ago. Right. And he's been doing pregame stuff. He's practiced in full for two weeks now. I really just think it's exactly what you said. They know how integral he is. Sure. I do think that there's I, – I would put it over 50-50 that he would play for the first time this time. Okay, which would yeah. be a, a real fun matchup between him and Justin Jefferson. But Dalvin Cook's been turning it on a little bit, and with the – recent running struggles that we've seen. And I know like you were talking about Matt Milano and that is very important. Uh, but I do think that he'll be able to cook a little bit. So I, I'm leaning with Josh Allen being out. So I'm going to take the Vikings right now. And I will say, I will say, I think it could still be a close game even with cook out. Um, Cause again, I think we'll focus on the run a little bit and then maybe cook versus cook. Uh, <laughs> I said cook being out, but I meant Allen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 
The Cook Brothers. That'd be fun. Uh, last but not least, the Cle- fun. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns hosting the now six and three Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so I'm gonna continue my semi road road warrior team. I'm gonna take the Dolphins in this one. I will say, obviously, Justin Fields lit it up, had a, a record setting day, and that's great. Outside of that, though, Miami clamped down on the run pretty darn well against Herbert and Montgomery. We both really like Herbert. We both think he's probably the better back in Chicago, but both of those running backs can run. So the fact that they limited that, I think, is encouraging. Now, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunter are going to be a different monster, and they're going to do more so than Herbert and Chubb did. Or uh, Montgomery, I don't know which one I said. Yeah, Herbert Montgomery, yeah, you're right. Um, so they'll run better than that, but I'm really encouraged by what I saw on that front, and uh, I don't I don't see the Jacoby revenge game again against Miami, and I think I'm just really really encouraged by what the offense is doing with Tua there. I've there's been so many Dolphins games where if the Dolphins get out to the where they have been the Raiders, where they get out to the the fourteen point lead, and then the team comes back and they wilt. Where this team is not doing that right now, so I'm really encouraged by that. I'm going to continue. I think the Dolphins win this one. I think I agree with you on pretty much all of that. But yes, you started off uh, home team 49ers over the Chargers, then you went road Vikings over the Bills, Dolphins over the Browns. That was Pal's pick, sponsored by For Him's For Men. <laughs> Maybe not for me. Um, I have a cold read for you. Ooh, I helped. Okay. And I'm glad that you did the recall that you did because it's about the Packers. Let's chat. So, uh, your Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the year was Green Bay, Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, with your recall, that obviously means it has changed. So, I want to give you a chance here to recall your Super Bowl because I have recalled mine. And I might need to recall it again if Josh Allen's out for the season. <laughs> Um, there, there are some fun possibilities for, for some Super Bowls that we haven't seen, uh, which I think would be fun, but right now I'm actually going with a repeat Super Bowl and I think it's going to be a repeat of the Harbaugh Bowl, but without one Harbaugh. I think it's going to be 49ers Baltimore. Ooh, okay. I, you know what also would be so funny is if the 49ers win the Super Bowl the year that I said <laughs> they'll never win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Uh, <sighs> yeah, so I, I'm really encouraged by Baltimore right now. I think they're on the complete uptrend. I loved the whole John Harbaugh being a dad and be like, maybe this is, we needed to lose those games to be like, we know what it feels like. And like, of course, like that's a crap answer that you don't really it, ever want. And it's funny. Cause obviously I picked Baltimore at the beginning of the year and then I changed it to Buffalo, but it'll make sense if it's like Baltimore and I was right. And I didn't follow myself. I will say this. If the 49ers win the Super Bowl after that game, I'm coming on this show and the whole show is me for an hour and a half saying the bills will never win a, a Super Bowl with Josh Allen. The bills will <laughs> never win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen just over and over for an hour and a half. That's my cold read. Uh, yeah, so that that is what I think the Super Bowl is going to be right now. Ask me in a month. Sure. It might change. That's right. We normally do it before the playoffs too. That's all I had for that. I don't know if you had anything. Um, I, I do have a... A cold read. I'm actually surprised that we didn't do the whole, like, it's the mid midpoint of the season. Who's your, like, MVP and all that junk? I don't want to talk about that. I have a – this is a truly hypothetical question, and I need you to follow with me because the, the phrasing of it is a little difficult. I asked this to our co-worker earlier today. 
So we're going to be talking about Geno Smith and the Seahawks right now. And I think it's great that Geno's had this year, been a little bit of a resurgence. It's It's been great. Some people are talking about him being in the MVP conversation. He should. I, I will say this. I don't know if Geno's the MVP right now. He deserves to be in the conversation. Okay. For sure. So here's my question, okay? Would we rather... There, there's two ways to answer this. You can answer it whatever way. You can answer it as a fan perspective, or you can be like, I'm Geno Smith. Would you rather have this year where you have put your mark on your career and been like, this was a really great year, and then be like, they, they draft your replacement, so like you don't get next year, or they're like, we're fully committed to you, you're our guy, and you fall on your face next year? So the question boils down to: Would you take uh, this year? So here, here's okay. my thing. Here, and I'll I'll say this: I would absolutely hate to see Gino come out and be what we all thought. Like they come out and he throws. 22 picks to four touchdowns next year and loses eight games. If he throws 22 picks to four touchdowns and didn't get benched halfway through that. But yeah, so like that's the thing. Like I would hate that where like right now like you're on top, right? So would you rather be like, oh, he gets to go out on top and then they draft there with the Denver's pick that sucks. Like they take that quarterback and they're like, this is your team now. I think realistically the thing is they do that still and they – still re-sign Gino and they're like we're gonna let this rookie kind of marinate and like you're our guy but like I would just feel really junky I, I mean that's the answer that's what's gonna happen I I would be shocked that that's not what happens they're gonna draft somebody next year yeah but so and I in, think in probably, this hypothetical world yeah. it's either they say like they get a number one pick and they get the guy and they're like this is the guy we're gonna put him in right now or they're like Gino we're handing all the keys to you we're using this number one pick on a tackle and a wide receiver I'm gonna be honest with you I think if you're asking like if it were me I would rather them do what you, the latter. I would rather them be like, you're our guy, and then fall flat on my face, because then at least I know, right? At least I know I didn't have it, right? The other scenario is really nice that like he had this moment and they drafted it and he never gets another chance. I would be sick my whole life being like, I ju- what if they would have just given it to me? Like, what could I have done if they have given me the shot, right? I would much rather at least have the opportunity, right? There, my whole life is littered with what ifs because I didn't take chances or I wasn't given chances, and that will forever plague me. But the things that I never regret are the ones where I went full on, head strong, head first into something. And sure, I came out with cuts and bruises and scrapes, but at least I, I, I went for it, right? It would kill me to not have an opportunity. So I would rather that. That I, I, I hear you. I respect it a lot. This is just so fascinating to me to think about because, I mean, like to think like – Obviously, everyone, the only ultimate ride-off story would be they win the Super Bowl, right? But I don't think that's going to happen. I want to say, first of all, I deserve, this does, This also deserves to be something said, especially on our podcast, because we're like a much more positive football podcast than 90% of the ones out there. <laughs> I got to say that. But it deserves to be said that I'm not going to be stunned if Seattle is in the Super Bowl. Right now, wow. at this point, at this point, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not predicting it. I didn't put any money on it. But what I'm saying is that they're six and three, right? They have won 
multiple different ways, right? It's not like they're just doing one thing, right? They also won a game last week in which there was a pick six and Gino turned around and came right back into it. Like they've shown resiliency. They've shown that they can run the ball with an amazing rookie in Kenneth Walker. They've got weapons in Lockett and Metcalf, right? The decent offensive line. They've got weapons on the defensive line. You're one of your best predictions. I said this to you on Sunday ever. Is this a Nuosu kid who's been an absolute menace, right? We should not be shocked or like it should not be crazy to say that it's not surprising if Seattle goes to the Super Bowl because the NFC is wide open, right? No, you're right. There's not another team. Like I know that I know that San Fran's really great and they're still my division winner pick, right? I still think that they end up doing that. But it should not be shocking that a veteran coach who I think has proven more than anything this year that like, oh, he is a great coach, right? Like a lot of people were talking about it was Russ that carried him, right? Um, it was, you know, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B probably, but we, it deserves to be said, right? I think they're a good enough team to get to the playoffs and run the ball and not make mistakes and have Geno make some great plays and win games, right? Yeah, no, that that is all good and well-deserved to say. I just, when I come back to my question, I think, like, if Geno does fall on his face next year, there will be a lot of people that are, like, that year, that year that he had didn't matter. Like, that was a fluke of a year. Which is sad, for sure. But, yeah, that's how it happens. Like, I just don't, I don't know if, so this isn't a truly fair comparison because he did win the Super Bowl. But, like, Nick Foles would live absolutely, like, that's the story. If he's like, I did it, like, I'm done. But, like, now he's like, oh, I'm a third string quarterback. I will I will say the story that that is differently, right? It's different. Sure, it's it different is. if you go win the Super right, Bowl, right? right. So like, that's not uh, a fair example. Having just like one good season is right. But I, I get what you're saying. Uh Gino's career is just so unique. I think that it, you're you're asking me about what it would be for for me, right? Um, but overall, or even like you can, probably, you can answer as a fan, as a fan, or yeah, an, as an, a, analytical, an analytical, as somebody looking person. at it the way that you just described it, then I think you're probably right. That if you'd rather have, wow, that was a great year, man. Now you know what I mean. Like I think that it would, it's nicer that way, right? Because nobody likes to see the here the, the the person like look terrible, right? Everybody hates that. Like I hate that Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl looking like he did at the end because I'm like he didn't really do anything for that Super Bowl. <laughs> the defense was great. They ran the ball right. So, but regardless, I think that that's probably more reasonable. But if it were me, I would want the chance. Okay. Ugh. You're so noble. It's all right. It's time for Fantasy Corner. Fantasy Corner. Hey, we, we got, we're back in it. We got, we're back in the playoff seat. We're back in it. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good win. It was a good win. The pieces came together that we needed to to knock off a guy that had only lost one game. Uh, so that was that was a big one, uh, and honestly, I mean we're only the six seed, right? So we can't be like, oh, like we're good. But I was looking at our like, there I've I've definitely had, and I say this jokingly, which maybe isn't super appropriate, but I've had extreme bipolar feelings on this team. Like sometimes I'm like, yeah, this team, and then sometimes I'm like, oh, this team sucks. I mean, we I feel you. I'm <laughs> I'm absolutely with you. But we have pieces, right? Like we have digs. And Damian Pierce, right, who is, like, locked in for me, right? Uh, like, we have those two cornerstone pieces. We have Mostert, who's been really great, right? Uh, and then Justin Herbert. Uh, and, of course, Mike Williams is injured. But we have uh, TJ Hawkinson, who just caught nine passes. Lazard, who 
came you know back healthy and then all of a sudden had 10 targets he only had four catches for 87 yards but one of them was a touchdown but targeted 10 times right like it's what you want and while Najee hasn't been amazing we still have a running back who's going to get all the touches right so like we do have a very good team now hopefully Mike Williams comes back at some point healthy um that that was we have room to add people still right but I this is a good team. That was it's the point team. of me saying what I said because I was looking at today. I'm like, I feel pretty good about this right now, sitting where we are. Um, and obviously, we have people nipping at our heels to be in the sixth seat. The seventh seed is nine and nine, just like us, and we only have a, a, a nine point advantage on them. So we're not like, oh, we're smooth sailing. We're so good. Um, but just sitting here and, like you said, like some flexibility, just talking, like. So right now we have Mostert on the bench, which I think might be the right play right now. Or I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if I feel super crazy, but I, I don't I, know if I feel super confident in Curtis Samuel. Like he yeah, had his long catch no, for the touchdown, which sure. saved him. But I mean, I feel more comfortable with our other three wide receivers. Sure, teamers. right. So that's a scenario where we could put Lazard in that spot in that and flex then flex position. and flex Mostert because Mostert's getting touches. I, I wonder what the role of Jeff Wilson becomes now that he Which came on was last pr- week. It was prominent last and week. And I was I was definitely surprised um, that he came in and, and demanded that kind of workload. So it'll be interesting to see what Mostert goes forward. There's not a ton of guys on waivers that I'm saying. I wish about. Wilson was available. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, I, I like It's so funny because we don't need wide receivers. We need running backs because I'd be like, Samarie uh, Torre is available and he's going to all of a sudden be the number two receiver for Green Bay, right? Like, so there's like guys like that that I'm like, ooh, that's fun, but we don't need that, right? We need a running back. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough because of that. And even like I, I like Terrace Marshall. I think he's been showing some stuff as a number two there in Carolina. Yeah, I have like I have like Terrace but Marshall. We don't. I, I don't feel, need those. I feel so yeah. like I'm so encouraged by nine targets, nine catches. I did not yeah, expect that for yeah. Hawkinson Especially right the away. first week you're with the guy. Yeah. Like he was a safety net for him, and he's going to continue to be that way because. I, I, they either have to choose to stop that, but then that leaves Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen open with one-on-ones, right? And you don't want to do that. And even Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. So I, I, I'm encouraged. Uh, we've got linchpin guys in almost every spot that have already had their bye week. So I feel really good about that. Uh, and I feel great if Mike Williams comes back and then we can start Diggs and Williams and be flexing Lazard and Metcalf or well, one of those two in Mostert, right? Like, that's, this is a good spot to be in. And honestly, God forbid, please, please. I hope that made it on the audio. God forbid Josh Allen be out for a very long time. But if Josh Allen's out for a very long time, then uh, I think James Cook becomes a flex very often. Oh. Because I think that uh, they will run the ball a lot more. And James Cook has been used more and more every week, especially as the pass catcher. I know we just grabbed Liam Hines, but I feel like he becomes a flexible player. Something to look into. But, uh, yeah, I like our team. Is there anything glaring that you're like, what should we do, right? Well, I mean, it's not fun to talk about on the podcast, <laughs> so I don't think we will. But, I mean, we need to get a defense. Sure, we can um, talk. But, so, while we're talking about that, instead of just talking exclusively about our team – who, in your opinion, this is something that I try to do when you're not there. I didn't do it last week. But who is your fantasy player this week that you're like, this is a guy that if I have him, I'm so happy, or I wish I had him? It's funny because I, I know you do that because I listen when you do it. But I did it on my episode, and I was like, uh, uh, Taekwon Thornton uh, for the for the Patriots. And he did absolutely, <laughs> absolutely nothing. 
Um, so just like any player that I think is going to have a really good game. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, it's not like you have to get him off the waiver. Like if you, yeah. I don't think you can get this player off the waiver, but if you can, I actually think that, and I know that he only had uh, two targets last week, caught both of them for six yards against the Titans. But I wouldn't. I'd like to have Kadarius Tony right now. I don't know okay. if that's going to happen next week. You know, this upcoming week, but. I think that Kadarius Tony is going to continue to get more and more involved. Jacksonville is 26th in pass defense so far against opposing fantasy wide receivers this year. I definitely think he's a guy that you can stash on your bench if he is available on waivers. I don't know that he is, but my best team right now is 7-2. and two. This is my Marriott redraft league that we do every year, and he's just sitting on my bench, and I'm waiting. I'm just waiting because I have guys like Diggs and Christian Kirk that I get to play at wide receiver every week, and then I have got Brandon Cooks and Curtis Samuel. So, like, I don't have to play um, Kadarius Tony every week, but he's just sitting on my bench, and I'm just waiting. If he pops, then all of a sudden, boom, I'm a title contending team, right? Um, so that's a guy that I would really like. But the real answer is Damian Pierce, and I have him on every roster that I have because I was right, and Damian Pierce is awesome, and I was right. <laughs> I just want to say that because I'm wrong so often. I mean, I love you, but you weren't like, Damian Pierce is the number one running back. You're like, yeah, I like this guy. It's fine. I drafted him in almost every league. Moving, <laughs> moving on. Um, I got a couple tidbits. Or did we just, have we uh, given up on the leaving the room for friends fortune thing? It's okay. It, it feels like we have. It's okay. Um, I, my one tidbit is based off of my friend's fortune. Okay. So I'm going to give my first tidbit and then do my friend's fortune with my second tidbit. Sounds great. So the first tidbit is that... Uh, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten instances last week, week nine, where a player was tackled at the one yard line and did not score on that drive. This happened wow. ten times this past week. Wow. Okay, here's the list Joe Burrow, Greg Dorch, Travis Etienne, DeAndre Carter, Jamal Williams, um, DeAndre Swift, both the running backs, uh, Tyler Boyd. And here's where it gets sucky for Packer fans. Alan Lazard and A.J. <laughs> Dillon twice. <laughs> so I just, the you know, they lost that game. They definitely did. I'm not saying that I believe in the Packers still, but they could have easily, just as easily won that game. <laughs> they could be four and five. We'd be like, the Packers? I don't know. It's a fluke game. Uh, but that's my one tidbit. Uh, my second tidbit is Christian Derrissaw. Star guard for the Minnesota Vikings has had 328 pass blocking snaps this year. Do you want to know how many sacks he's given up? Zero. Wow. I would have said two. My friend's fortune is that not only will Grant, Christian Darisaw give up his first sack this week against the Buffalo Bills, it'll be on the first drive of the game. The first time that the Vikings go on offense, uh, Christian Darisaw will give up his first sack of the year. I, I applaud you. I applaud you because we've always made fun of each other for whether or not what we're saying is really bold, but you tied it to a literal first drive. Yeah, I your think if I said, if I your said friend's it, it's going to happen be, in the game, right? That's I mean, thing, I still but. feel like that. I mean, for a guy that's given up zero, like to be well, like he's giving so you his know first what's going to happen is it's going to happen like on the first uh, play of the second drive, <laughs> like the last play of the game, he gives up a sack, but bold. I am going to say that uh, you you made this joke earlier in the show about the Colts winning this game against the the Vegas Raiders. I'm going to say, and I've talked about about the Colts um, and their ineptitude on on offense. 
like I said, they've scored over 24 points just one time. I'm going to say the Colts in the Jeff Saturday debut. I'm not going crazy. This is not like they're putting up a 50-burger. I'm going to say 25. (laughs) They are going to score four touchdowns. Oh, okay, that's good. Four touchdowns is important because they've averaged like 1.3. I thought I thought you were gonna say like they're gonna break a rushing record, and I was like, I like that one because because he's probably gonna give <laughs> run, the ball run, to run, Jonathan run. Taylor sixty times. Run, run, but, run. Yeah, uh, no, uh, they're gonna score four touchdowns. I don't care about points. I don't care if they reach twenty eight points. They're going to score four. They're gonna punch it in four times. Listen, I just want to say this. I'm not rooting against Saturday of the Colts, right? I still like a lot of what the Colts have, and I like Sam Ellinger still. Uh, he did not look very good last week, and maybe he's not took really— took nine sacks. Maybe he's not really an NFL quarterback, but he took nine sacks, right? It's crazy. Like, I don't know why he doesn't get use it. his legs more. because I he don't get athletic. why the Colts' offensive line is struggling. Yeah, it's weird. But regardless, I'm not going to root against the Colts, and I still have bets involving the Colts winning the division, so I would love them still to turn it around, but I just don't think— see, I don't Who do you have that bet with? I just don't see it happening. Uh, like, I have— I oh. I have placed bets okay. on division winners like way back we in never August. Did that. Yeah. Um, regardless, uh, I do have one more actually tidbit that I just found. So uh, this is a thing about the Buffalo Bills is that the Buffalo Bills have had the hardest schedule statistically in the NFL so far. Um, they faced some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Um, and uh, they've played five of their eight uh, road, uh, five of their eight games on the road, um, and their only two losses are against division opponents that are both six and three on the final drive of the game so this is another reason why i'm not why if josh allen's okay i'm not really worried about the bills a lot of my friends and family have asked me about this they played a a a, a tough schedule and i think it's so silly to be like are you worried about the bills yeah no no no. i just wanted to say that and uh and the two losses have come like i also said this to you right before the strip sack which was so frustrating i was like this feels really similar (laughs) right uh but regardless that's my last tip it's a bold strategy, C. Otten. Let's see if it pays off for him. We, uh, give me an interesting lunch tomorrow. <sighs> I'm going to be so sad. Josh Allen, career-ending injury. Wow. That, that'd be that'd be pretty shocking. Ever tell you about my Madden career once that ended that way? You told me the story. I don't. I yeah, I couldn't tell it back to you right now. Like I, I it was like man in two thousand eight or nine, <laughs> and I made Adam Rossi a starting running back for the Bills. Broke the rushing record my rookie season. Wild card playoff game, first carry. Uh, it said shattered collarbone, end of career. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you guys want to know the kind of luck that I have? I've never <laughs> seen that. Simultaneous catch back together. I really, <laughs> I really want to say something crazy. Go ahead, say it. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I want to be like, oh. <laughs> I'll buy you a house if tomorrow Josh Allen comes out season or career-ending injury. <laughs> Ooh. So that's... I was going to say, if if that comes out... Wait, season-ending or you're saying career? Career. Oh, okay. Right. That's not as fun, then. Yeah. it's oh, not going to happen. I was going to say, if he says season-ending, I was going to say career-ending injury... When we have Pong Day this week, at the end of Pong Day, one of the challenges has been has to be <laughs> you per, just drunkenly propose to Jenna on Friday night. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, there we have it. Thanks for listening, guys. Good to be back. There's going to be people messaging me and be like, I liked it when it was just that other guy. Solo catch. <laughs> uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, guys, at Simult, Simult Catch. 
Uh, and then on Instagram, of course, Simultaneous Catch. Uh, actually, I always forget to do this. Let me bring up the Run Your Pool, and let's run through the leaderboard here. I am not on the leaderboard. I'm having a terrible season in terms of picks. Right now, it is a tie for first place. Did you know this? I knew, I knew 81 that I 81 to 55, Josh Lapping and Mike Mikas are tied at the top of the leaderboard. I knew I had a bad week. Um Right behind him is Big Tony, 70 and 52. And then, of course, behind that is me at 67 and 69. This is my worst year of picking games ever. Ever. Good time for you to to pounce. I've never been this bad. So uh, make sure you make your picks. Oh, no, you're not. What's up? I I pulled it up on mine, too, and I thought you were – how it has points and then wins, which I don't know why, because it literally is points is just wins. So yeah, and I was be- like, oh, you're sixty-seven and sixty-seven. That's so fun because you can make you can make uh, certain games worth more points. Like when we get into the playoffs, playoff uh, games will be worth more points. Okay, um, and you can also make like upsets more points. You can make that kind of thing. But I didn't. I don't want to do that. I just sure. wanted to make a pick and pull. But regardless, make sure you do that. Um, still kind of anyone's game. I do appreciate that. Uh, I don't want to call you out, JD, but I like that Pokemon Master JD picked week one, went seven and nine, and said, ah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. Go Cowboys. Anything else, pal? It, uh, try to, try to, I feel like we kind of got on here and poo pooed week 10. Like no, this could be fun. Week 10. Yeah, I'll enjoy it. I always do. <laughs> Case Keenum. <laughs> Maybe. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. God bless. <laughs>